1: Afternoon, Miss Liz. Hello, Debbie. It
0: is almost the end of July. Can you even believe it? No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but yes, it is. I've looked at the calendar a couple of times. I have
1: too, actually.
0: I mean, the end of the seventh month. Of this year. I mean, 2020 seemed to have been five years long. Right. I know, 2021 is just, just flying by. I know. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah. And not much has changed. Mm-mm. I mean, we're kind of, we're, we're, I mean, you've got a lot of students and yep. things
1: are, but it's still not up to 100% as Absolutely far as activity. Not. Absolutely not. Right. And there's still this question of what's the future going to be? Right. Because, <clears throat> you know, of the variant and the all variant. those things yeah. that are going on yeah. in our world. I know. <sighs>
0: and we do see those numbers going up and people are like, we're so over, you know, the masks and all that. And I'm like, uh, well, there's a vaccine, so yeah. we can at least mitigate some of
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually, there's a little bit of a ray of hope that I feel like I've seen in our country and on the news where I, you've seen people who who previously were totally anti-vaxxers are saying, hey, You need to go get vaccinated. This is serious, you know? And I think there's been enough um, really scary stuff in the news about these, I, I, there was a, it was on NPR, um, a story of a um, ICU nurse, I believe, Mm -hmm. who had patients, you know, who she's having to intubate, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're near death, like begging for the shot kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and then
0: there's people who are very angry about that story because what kind of a nurse would tell a patient that they can't have the shot? What Your, your job is to just give them hope no matter what. You know, as right. opposed to saying "I'm sorry, it's too late," which is something that has come out of this story. Yeah. But I, but it but but I think we live it, in a world where we've got our medical providers. My family, we have mm-hmm. a lot of medical providers, and a year
1: and a half in, right. They're they're tired. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're tired. Well, I mean, and I mean, I can imagine being in that position and wishing that I would have gotten the shot and. I mean, really, at that point, I don't know what the shot would even do as they're intubating you.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know, there's a lot of people who, I mean, I've known people who wish that they had eaten better or taken k- better care of their health certainly, yeah. and are overweight and now... Or wish they uh, never smoked. Or, or wish they'd never smoked. And see, isn't it interesting that we have these commercials mm-hmm. with people who are on oxygen mm-hmm. because they've smoked and they give these tips, right? As a part of the commercial. My tip is make sure your oxygen cord is long enough to go from one room to the other so right. that you can... Right. I've, you see, know, I've seen uh, that one. You know, and then there's uh, my tip is be sure and say I love you to your kids because it may be the last time. Or, you know, they're lying in a bed and they've got half their jaw that's been removed, or they have a voice box that's been removed. And these commercials have been running for several years Mm -hmm. and they're very, very pointed and very, um, you know, anti smoking. Yeah. You know, and yet somehow when we've got people who are going in for oxygen and living on oxygen because of COVID we're not supposed to talk about it or it's it's an exaggeration or whatever and so I just think that I just think that every human deserves the dignity of telling their story yeah I really do no matter what it is if whether you agree or disagree yeah you know we we deserve the dignity of telling our story and mm -hmm. so those stories matter
1: they really do and all
0: and those people matter and those people matter 611,000 Americans Are are gone and their story matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So I don't know how this is going to all end. I don't. I want us to talk to one another with kindness and respect, but I do know that a year and a half
1: in, we're all tired. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said when we just started this a few minutes ago, how are we already in this seven months into this year? Yeah. Into this year, it's like wow. It it just has. It's just been like. Right. A blink. Right. Right. Right.
0: So. Um, so we're getting. Uh, yeah, we're hopefully we'll just keep moving forward. You know, I, I had it. I had a quick conversation. Well, not a quick. I had a long conversation. <laughs> whatever with my mom yesterday, and you know she's very much an advocate of moving on. Just move on. Right. Right. And I, for me. I mean, this whole podcast, Dancing with Skeletons, it's all about moving forward mm-hmm. and acknowledging exactly that you, that you have a past mm-hmm. and figuring out how to live with that past right. and how to make other people um, comfortable with their own past, mm-hmm. you know. And you do that by moving
1: forward. Right. And you do that by acknowledging the things in your past that were tricky or good because there's both. Right And deciphering which things you're going to move on with, move 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 forward forward with, and which things maybe you can kind of leave behind. But we all have to take some of that stuff forward with us on our journey so that we don't forget maybe where we've come from. So we don't, you know, take for granted our growth and those kinds of things. And so. and and moving forward with a little bit of baggage,
0: you know, even if it stays in a suitcase and we just unpack it on occasion, mm-hmm. um, it, it helps us to be empathetic right. towards people who are struggling in the same situation. Right. So I don't ever want to lose, I, I don't ever want to lose that empathy. There's times when I'm like, oh, I can't do this another yeah. day. <laughs> I am not gonna be empathetic to you. Shame, shame, shame. But then I, you know, back up and say, no, that's not, that's not who I am and that's not my purpose. Right. Um, So I I never want to put shame on anyone and I don't care if it takes 30 years or a hundred years or, you know, 10 minutes for somebody to, to figure stuff out. I'm going to walk
1: with them through that if I can. Yeah. Yeah. If you're provided an opportunity to do that, I think that is what we all need to be doing. Right. Right. How's your back? You see me, I, I'm i moving around weirdly. I, it's hurting me today. It started hurting on Friday. Just Have you been back to the um, chiropractor? I went Friday morning. Okay. And um, it's funny because he told me that he really wants to adjust my neck, and I'm too scared to let him. And then I just was visiting a friend a few minutes ago who um, told me that I should probably let him adjust my neck. So I don't, I, you know... I anyway I have issues with having anyone pop my neck. Well, but I, I am understand. I'm in pain today. So and and my pain level is worse today than it was yesterday. So it's I have some concern that this weird things coming back on me and it's 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 awful.
0: Yeah. So
1: I'm in pain, but I did have a lovely weekend. Tell
0: me. So tell me a little bit about your weekend. Yeah. So I, mean, I know we were a little part of it, but, yes, but there was but it, we weren't the lovely yeah. part. There was no, there yes, you were. Well, we were fun.
1: It was fun. You were the icing on the cake. We were the icing. That's mm-hmm. right. But you had a big old cake part. What? Yeah. What did you do? So my daughter and I went to a yoga and adventure camp, which was sponsored by Tower Yoga, which is um, a little okay. local um, yoga studio right across the street from my school. Okay. And they are just a little bright light in, in the tower down here. Um, yeah. they are just doing an amazing job yeah. building community. And, and there's a lot of people who, who have a subscription and go to yoga over there. And so they did this little camp up in the mountains and there's no cell phone service. There's no electricity. It's pretty, um, like there's no, there's really no cell phone service. You can't like walk to the hop, top of the hill and, you know, kind of get a signal. Uh uh-uh, uh. There's nothing. How long were you there? About. Uh, uh, no signal, no service for about 48 hours. <laughs> and how did you? How did you? So so. Give me the like the first two hours,
0: and you realize that you had nothing. Oh, 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 oh. At what point did it click in, and you go, "Oh gosh, I thought." You know what? Kinda...
1: It, it never did. Really? Uh huh. The whole time, I think I, I was kind of amazed that I didn't have any kind of real anxiety. That I, you know, couldn't talk to my husband or couldn't talk to Allison here at work. Or I I was just, it was great. That's It awesome. was kind of, an, it, I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to seriously not have any kind of anxiousness. And so, your daughter lives about 150 miles away. She does. Where we are.
0: She's like in San Jose area. She's in San Jose area. Okay. And so she came here to do this
1: with you. She did. What a What a joy. Yeah, so we spent a really, really good, good, solid couple days together. We had great conversation. The food. Oh, my gosh. So we need to do a whole podcast on food because this man who they hired to be our chef was so interesting and so passionate about what he does, and he prepared all these amazing plant-based meals, all vegetarian, it could be gluten-free, vegan, whatever you wanted.
0: Wow. And
1: all of this food, I am telling you what. Carter and I it we've never had food like this before. Wow. It was fresh and you know, and there's no electricity. Did I say that? So there that little kitchen in there is all propane and I don't know, I guess they make a propane refrigerator okay. that'll run on propane Okay. because they had to keep things cold. Okay. Um, but it was fabulous. He He cooked with food. I didn't even know this was a thing. So everyone probably has heard of essential oils, which mm-hmm. I have several at home. My sister is pretty knowledgeable in that. But I didn't know you could buy food grade essential oils and you can cook with it and you can eat it. So that, you know, he's putting, he's getting these little discs of baking chocolate and putting them in a pan and then sprinkling um, peppermint oil on top of these things and kind of mixing them around. And then you have this chocolate with this essence of peppermint from the food grade peppermint essential oil. And it was just like delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing. He made... He made kombucha right there in front of us and showed us how to do it and made these big vats of this fresh fermented. It was really, really cool. Oh my gosh, how great. So, I mean, I brought all these snacks and all this stuff. I didn't need to bring one thing. You were afraid you'd be hungry. I didn't know. Oh, you <laughs> didn't
0: know. I mean, you have a, a couple of stomach issues and yeah. stuff, so you didn't want yeah. to, you didn't want to get sick. You yeah. didn't want to have so any issues, didn't. so you just made sure that you had a
1: few little yeah. snacks, and you didn't need any of it. Well, we we did eat the M and M's. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was just really, we went on a big long hike up to the top of this beautiful place. and As a group? Uh-huh. As a group. Uh-huh. There was about 40 people. Oh gosh. And, um, men and women? Or? Men and women and kids.
0: Oh my gosh. No alcohol,
1: no nothing, just, yeah. just clean, you know. Um, right. I guess I'm lying to tell you that I didn't have a little stress. Both Carter and I are like, is there going to be coffee? Oh. Is there going to be coffee? <laughs> Really. And, but then. I could do without almost anything, but I can't. But we weren't the only ones. When once we discovered that there were a couple other campers that were like, do you think there's going to be coffee? I mean, (laughs) it wasn't just us. So there was really good coffee. Oh, there was? Yeah. (laughs) Good. There
0: was coffee. And it had caffeine in it?
1: Yes. (laughs) It did. It did. So um, Saturday night, we had like a campfire time and people shared and people played. Carter and I played a song. Hold there were a couple on. couple little kids there that just were amazing little kids. One little girl in particular entertained a whole crowd of 40 adults. Oh, wow. She just was on. Uh, so it was just, yeah, it was a lovely time. Carter and I connected. We connected with all kinds of people there. Um, now that when I go over there to yoga, I'm going to know so many more people by name right and um and a little bit of their story yeah yeah so it was Which just
0: something you you can't really do when you're in a Mm-mm. even even in choir i mean one yeah. you know in this little choir that you have this little rock and roll choir yeah. there's not always opportunity to get no. to know one another and the truth of the matter is is that throughout the pandemic i've gotten to know some of these people way better yeah, exactly. because there's been communication, you exactly. know, and there's been so much talk about what's going on and, and what's mm-hmm. going on in our community and the masks and the no, no masks and right. vaccines and the no vaccines. Right. So because of the conversation that has gone on, there's been some opportunities to get to know people yeah. that I never would have gotten to know. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. And
1: so this gave people up there, you know, are people who go to to the yoga studio, a chance to kind of get to know one another. And so, and it gave Carter, she's like, "You guys should have a choir retreat." Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. so I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to figure out how we do a choir retreat. Have you ever done that before? I've gone done a choir retreat. I've, well, I've other bit, choirs. I've been on a choir retreat mm-hmm. and I've had a couple little choir retreats when I was the choir director at Bethel. Okay. But not overnight or You know just like a one day thing or maybe one day go home and come back kind of a thing which so i don't know how we'll do it but that's that's like hmm can you hear that So. That's
0: probably one of the things I miss the most about being a part of a community yeah. is that kind of a retreat. And so, and I'm not saying I'm not a part of this community or whatever, but, you know, when you're part of like a church choir yeah. that yeah, yeah, has a yeah. hundred members, right? Um, there tends to be a, a choir yeah. retreat every year as you get ready for yeah, like the, the fall, the right. Christmas. To, to introduce all the music, to introduce good. all the music yeah. for the Christmas mm-hmm. production or mm-hmm. for the Easter production or whatever it is. Right. And those choir retreats were so much well, fun. And that I is, mean, they really were fun. It,
1: it's where you get to know everybody. Yeah. So um yeah. So yeah, it was it was interesting to unplug, you know, and to re- like I didn't look at my computer, I didn't look at my phone, I didn't look at my calendar, I didn't look at my list of things to do. I didn't do any of that. It, it was just completely Weird.
0: So, what did you do when you were in the group? What, what, when the group came together, yeah, did we, you just
1: sit around and do, you know, downward dog pose or? <laughs> well, when or... we were in the, like, so we did a couple different yoga practices together in a very squished little room. Um, like for 30 minutes at a time? Probably or... about 30 minutes. Okay. Maybe, okay. maybe a little bit longer than that. Okay. Um, and then um, the leaders would like ask us to, um, like well so on sunday morning there's a place up there where it's like an amphitheater but the amphithe- the 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 cliff and the view is the stage oh wow so it's this okay. amphitheater designed to look out into nature oh gosh so he encouraged everyone to go down there. So we had this, we were down there maybe 45 minutes and he asked everyone to bring a journal, which most, most of us did. Mm -hmm. And he asked us questions and asked us to journal some things and then, um, asked us to share with the person that we came with, you know, the answers to these questions. And so there were, there was some moments where it got deep and, you know, kind of, um, contemplative and you know thinking about your life and you know what's going on and it was it was really it was just great so was this yoga instructor somebody that is also a tower yoga the, I mean, they, you... yeah well the when I mean, you see them all the time i see them all the time okay yeah they they the they're like the owners so it wasn't like a guest instructor that came in and no it stirred was, things up and no and then like, no <laughs> so it was it sometimes. was it was them and um and then they you know hired a cook oh, that they knew right. and um so yeah it was it was just really really nice there were there were some funny little surprises and you know i i don't know it was just it was really fun
0: oh it i'm was so just, glad that you and your daughter had a chance to do that together yeah That's so cool yeah
1: i mean i i feel you know it's it's hard to be as adults sometimes i think you know people live far away and dip, Depending on circumstances, but I just, I do. I feel really connected to her and and my son too. I feel mm-hmm. connected to my kids, which is, you know, at the end of the day, that's one of the things in life that's just really, really precious. And I her. and I and I know that not everybody has that. Yeah. And so I don't take it for granted. And I and I wish that for, the folks who don't have that, know. you know, and because it's very very painful for the people that don't have that. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know people who are have estranged children and stuff, and it's just
0: really, really hard. It's really hard, and there's so many things that kind of get in the way of, you know, I was talking to um, a, a teacher friend of mine not too long ago, and and his son got married not not too long ago, and he's only, like, 19, so he was very young, and, and they weren't really sure, you know, if he was ready, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, but they were excited, they they liked her, They everything was good, right? Right. So now it's been about a year and a half. Uh, this was shortly before the pandemic that they got married. And so it's probably been a year and a half now since I've seen this teacher. He's actually moved on, he's out on another campus. And so because we had come back together for Sun for Sunday school, for summer school. <laughs> there's where my head is at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, for summer school, uh, I was able to kind of reconnect with this teacher for a little bit and I and I asked him how things were going. And and his son and and his new wife have decided to disconnect from both sides of the family. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, there's, there's all these reasons. Well, you did this. Well, you said that. Well, you, you know, there's all these reasons that that people have when they mm-hmm. do that, and and those are legitimate, right. of course. But, you know, or yes, and yeah, yes, those are legitimate, and, and. we are humans who are just doing the very best we can. Right. And when we have a kid, there, you know, there's, we always say there's no, you know, manuals for having a kid. And no matter how many Dr. Spock books we read or how many, you know, yeah. expect, what to expect when you're expecting books, there are still, this they, is, you're a unique person and your kiddo's a unique person. They,
1: they come out their own person. <laughs> I know. I do. I know. You know what I mean? It, well, I, I can't. You probably can say this, and have heard a million moms say it. I've raised them both the same, and they're just both so different, you know. And it really is true. You just can't. You just don't know what, what they're how they're going to turn out. You can guide them. Yeah, yeah. So. I heard
0: somebody say not too long ago that you raise vegetables, you don't raise kids. You just, <laughs> you know, you, you don't raise a kid. You, you guide them. You guide them. And, and you, you help them to find out who they are and who they were meant to be. Yeah. And as soon as you have the mentality of I'm going to raise you, well, then you're you're starting to build a wall. Right. You know, right. And, and chances are that that wall is just going to get taller and taller and taller. So I
1: think God did it backwards. You know, I do. Because when we're young... We don't know this, (laughs) so why, why do we have to, we should have, we should be 50. That should be when we start having babies. Well, yeah. Why does menopause happen at 39 you know, years old? <laughs> need, it needs to be
0: flipped around. Well, you can't get pregnant. Can you imagine, though, how God. how irresponsible we'd all be if oh. we could not get pregnant until we were 50? I know, right? We'd probably be all crazy But people. we're so
1: much smarter, and we would do so much of a better job. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we, we really would. And
1: forget all this stuff about
0: not having energy. We have smart. Right. That's more Who needs important. energy? <laughs> Who needs energy when you're a better person right. and a better human and uh, definitely
1: better at being a parent. Yeah. I, I mean, know? Carter and I laughed about that. It's like I told her, I wish I so often think, why why wasn't I in this place like spiritually and stuff when you guys were little? Yeah. We would have done some different things. We would have done some things differently. And she's so sweet. She said, yeah, but mom, it was it was. I liked it. I, you yeah, know, and it, yeah. it, even though I She's know a it wasn't, girl. it wasn't perfect. We, you know, and she, she knows, and I know there it wasn't perfect, but yeah, she still at least can. She knows my heart and knows that we, you know. Yeah. I did a good job. To That's, say right. That. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> so. right. You did. You absolutely
0: did do a good job. Yeah. And you know, I think that uh, 99.9% of parents do a great they job. Do. They do. And of course there's occasionally those um, parents that, you know, n- truly want nothing to do with them and then you've got kids that are not connecting and yeah. and kids that are having all it, kinds of problems. It's all over the
1: map. It's <laughs> all but for the most part, we're all doing the the very yep. best that we and, can. I, I mean, and that's true with everything in life. I mean, I, there's so many more good people than there are, you know, bad people, quote unquote. There's just, there's so many more people really trying to make a difference and doing good stuff. And, right. you know, you don't get to see all those people. We only see all the bad crap on the news. And, you know, yeah. every now and then they'll throw in some amazing story of kindness and goodness. But by and large... It's all the bad stuff that we hear, and we don't get to see all the good, and there's so many more good things going on. People just making a difference right where they're planted, right in their neighborhood, right in their home, Yeah. you know. I think one of the things that makes being a young
0: parent difficult is that we have not yet identified, many of us, I, I know for me, you know, speaking for me, I hadn't really identified who my people were. Or who my village was. You know, Hillary Clinton wrote a book yeah. saying it takes a village, right. right? And she just talks about the raising of children and families, and it takes a village. Mm-hmm. And then I have family members who will say things like, I've seen the village. I don't want them touching my kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. And I think that for me, I, I know that for me. I grew up in this environment. It was comfortable. It was what I perceived as right mm-hmm. and good. And I wanted to raise my children in that same environment, right. and I really loved my village, right, right? right? And I thought, this is a good village. right? We're, this is where we're going to live. This yeah. is These are the people who are going to help me raise my child. And I know that we've talked about this before. When you're a Christian, you stand up in front of the church and you dedicate your child mm-hmm. Um, to God. And that's a tradition that is in most Christian churches. Some of them, I I know that there's some baptisms that go on with infants and that kind of thing, but in the the American, I think even in European and other Christian churches, Christian faith, you dedicate your child to God. And what that is really doing is not saying, hey, this child is God's, although I, I think those are kind of the words that are said, but it's more like, these parents have agreed to raise their child in this village in this village right and what they do is they have everybody in the church say will you promise mm-hmm. you know to be the village <laughs> mm. and people you. are like yeah yeah oh yeah amen <laughs> you know and they raise their hand <laughs> oh yeah until uh, until, there's <laughs> until there's a challenge until there's a challenge until the child is 12 and they're doing something naughty, and then suddenly the village kind of comes out with all of their, you know, what are you doing wrong?
1: Machetes, yeah. and they start. What are, what you are, are these? Start, what are these parents exactly doing wrong? Yeah.
0: So, I, I think that the struggle is, is thinking. Well, this village looks like a good village. I'm going to go ahead and live here, and and have them help me in the teaching and and raising up of mm-hmm. these kiddos. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, maybe this village is there's there's some village idiots over there that <laughs> I'm not too sure I I need to trust my kids around, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then slowly but surely you start and then so how do you react to that? Right. Do you do you take your kids and and shut the door and, and put locks on the windows and say, I've seen the village and I don't want them touching my kids. Or do you move to a different village or do, or do you, um, you know, tell them, uh, I, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know what to do with the village. Go figure it right. out. I right. mean, I, then there's, right. You know, and then we become. We struggle with how to deal with that kind of thing. So, you know, at some point you figure out, oh my gosh, th- these aren't my people. This isn't my village. Right. Right. And it doesn't happen for everybody, but for me, it certainly and, happened. For
1: you, it happened. Mm-hmm. It certainly did. And so then what? So then. So how, then you're and then you're kind of lost. And then it's like, well, how will I get a new village? Well, then then you become well. Maybe I don't want any village. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. So in your
0: situation and in mine, I think that, you know, one of the things that you have talked about is just kind of, um, you know, like apologizing to your daughter and saying, I I messed up. This, things were hard. I've done the same thing to my kids. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But my kids and your kids have been very gracious in saying, yeah, but look at the village we're in now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This village, yeah. you know, is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I always tried to be, and I and I try to be that way anyway in life, but I try to be transparent with what's really going on, and sometimes to a fault, like, too much. I'll, you know, that's TMI, Deb, <laughs> you know,
0: but... And social media gives us those opportunities right. to be but too I would, transparent.
1: Sometimes. I would rather be transparent than withholding. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to pick, if there's a continuum, and over here is withholding, and over here is transparent, I'd rather have the needle be, you know, tilted... Closer towards transparent because I feel like transparent people and are um you you if you if I see you and if it gives me a, an easier way for me to trust you mm-hmm. because I feel like there's a sense that I kind of know you better mm-hmm. and so I can choose to trust you or not I mean I can get a better sense of who you are mm-hmm. if you're a little more transparent with me and I know that like brene Brown talks a lot about transparency authenticity. And, and authenticity, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I remember earlier on in my life when I was like out doing my Christian music thing and I always kind of had that idea that, you know, I, I didn't want to feel like I had to be one person at church right. and then another person in real in real life. Not that that wasn't real life, but, you know, in, in daily life, right. Right. I should say. So I wanted to try, I really did try to be the same wherever mm-hmm. wherever I was, and um, and I and I still do that. And so I guess my approach to being a parent or a friend or anything is to just try not to be withholding. And you know, well, I better not tell them that because they might think, hmm, you know, I better not let my kids know that. <laughs> I used to smoke pot when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, they might go do it or whatever. I mean, you know what I mean? I do. Something as silly as that, but, you
0: know, I mean. And yet I think both of us, you know, I I know that I certainly, when I look back at the village that I grew up in and I think, you know, I, I thought, oh, these are my people. But really, I don't really remember too many people actually being transparent. There was a lot of... There was a lot of secrecy. Yeah. And a lot of hiding. And I think I, I think not being able to be vulnerable and to admit your 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 failures and your mistakes was very much a part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And so when I then found myself you know, messing up or I found myself making a mistake, I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm the only one. Right. Because nobody else in my community is talking about right. this. Right. So therefore and then, I must
1: be the only one. Well yes, I can totally relate to that. I can totally, totally relate to that. And then you feel isolated. And then yeah. you feel like you're spiritually inferior and then there's something wrong with you and that, I mean then there there is a there's a deep rabbit hole there for right. me. there really really is and you know there's something wrong how come everybody else seems like they have all their their crap together and their lives seem perfect but see that's the thing that's not that's not the truth and that's because i think a lot of times in a church environment people don't feel safe to be to be vulnerable vulnerable about the things that they struggle with or whatever because they either think that they have failed yeah.
0: or that they're alone.
1: Yeah, or, or that some you know? somehow, you know, and Christian people can be super, super judgmental. And, you know, so it's there's a it's a it's an interesting place to find yourself in when you're in the church. You love your village. You know, you're struggling. You can't really talk about anything. There's no one to talk to because they're going to either give you advice that isn't going to help. Right. Or kick you out or whatever. And it, it's, I don't know. It's, I think that those, I'm not sure how healthy those kind of environments are anymore. I used to think that they were. I think you might be able to get a more healthy environment, going to the pub. <laughs> and having I mean, that group of and people. And sitting at the being...
0: plank. Yeah, and sitting at the plane. Sitting at
1: the plank, Right. I think
0: that might be a better place to, there's to be. A, there's been a lot of talk in today's world um, about deconstruction, about the, the deconstruction of faith. And so among the evangelical Christian community, the last four or five years, um, have caused a lot of people to look deeper and look further mm-hmm. into what we stand for mm-hmm. as evangelical Christians. And so many people have have deconstructed. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating about that is, for me, is that my deconstruction, if that's what you wanna call it, began about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. with me literally breaking down everything I ever believed. And, you know, imagine that it's just a brick that Luckily, floats. Imagine floating bricks, you know, like in mm-hmm. Titanic. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and And I felt like so many times I was out on a lifeboat just desperately trying to figure out what to pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, do I pick this up? Do I do I believe in this? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't believe in that, so I'm throwing that away. Mm-hmm. Do I believe in this? And I'm trying to get everything that I believe in right. back into the boat so that I can find a safe place right. and build my foundation on which to build the rest of my life. Right. And so for me this deconstruction began about 20 years ago and we were forced into a into a
1: deconstruction you are forced into
0: the boat we were forced into the <laughs> boat that's right and there was no big fish to swallow us we just were out there floating around mm-hmm. and um, so we so that deconstruction process has been going on a long time and there's been a lot of people well the deconstruction process was a short time the rebuilding is taking a long time yeah and so yeah. there's a lot of people who have been extremely critical of us during that time. Well, you need to get back into this, and you need to get back onto that. In other you're words, you're not praying enough. You're not praying enough, or you're not, or you're, you know, you're not eating at Chick Fil A Chick-filet enough, or whatever, <laughs> whatever the answers are, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, um, then the last four years happened, and a lot of Christians have said, hey, I think I wanna I think I wanna go on this deconstruction journey as there's, well. There have been a lot. There, it's been a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know it's and yes the political um, landscape has really lent itself. But there's also been a lot of pastors and teachers who were stalwarts of the faith, mm-hmm. you know, who, are, who we looked up yeah, to, who who are going, wait a minute. Yeah. Who have now pulled back. I mean, I think of people like Beth Moore. And mm-hmm. as a woman, you know, I've been in multiple Beth Moore Bible studies. And when she left the Southern Baptist Convention a couple of years ago and started talking out about the abuse that has gone on within the church, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my gosh, if Beth Moore is talking about it, I can talk about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was listening to a podcast this morning. That's um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, which was a mm-hmm. big mega church that had its, mm-hmm. you know, collapse mm-hmm. nice. several years ago, fifteen years ago or right. something. Right. And when Mars Hill collapsed, there was a lot of people that started contributing to the blog and kind of telling their story. And then there was a lot of people saying, "This is not fair to God," and this is this is you. Know, shaming the name of Jesus and mm-hmm. you need to not talk about it and I have been a part of this you know watching one by one as these as these big important churches and pastors have just kind of collapsed mm-hmm. under the weight of their own inauthenticity yeah you know and um, so for me it's been so and amazing,
1: oh, and, and healing, and freeing and for and me, because because I with like you, I mean, I listen to certain people who are kind of on the other side now with a completely different perspective, who have perspective, who have come from that evangelical place, and who have swung, they and they still believe
0: in God they still and they're still reconstructing exactly their, they haven't gotten rid of their faith right. they've just gotten rid of the the bricks that
1: tied them yeah. down Yeah. and it's beautiful to listen it really to is. their stories and it may for me you know that's definitely a place where it's like oh my gosh i have felt that way for years and have not been able to even really put the words on it, or or too afraid to try to speak right. that that's how I really feel about
0: something because and, that you know that there's judgment and condemnation yeah. and and the blame
1: you know you're blamed well you should have done this you should have done that right right so this this little retreat center that we were at um, this past weekend I'm not going to say this word right but I want to say it's called Far Horizons Theosophical Camp. And, um, when you go into their, like, I'll call it a fellowship hall, which is Kind of a churchy thing to call yeah. it, but big room yeah, yeah. where everyone can gather and in a church it's called the Fellowship Hall That's and right. we're going to have a meal. And again, we're going to have the Southern accent. And there comes because... up my Southern accent because the
0: pastor's going to bless the meal and and then you're going to go to the potato bar they and there's are... toppings for, there's every topping you yeah. can imagine. <laughs> exactly. Boy, potato bars from the 1990s, boy, that was a thing.
1: A lot of fun things happen in the Fellowship Hall. Anyway. <laughs> We did yoga in there and, but there's a big, huge sign, which is their, this camp's mission statement. And, and, um, basically it's a place where people of all faiths can come Mm. all faiths, Mm. not just one, all Mm. and all are welcome and all are supported and all are encouraged and embraced. And not one is better than another. Right. And all people are important and all faiths. And 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 you felt that at this camp. Yeah. I'm telling you what, you felt that at this camp. There was not one person. Now, I realize that 43 people or however many is not a large group. It's a pretty small group. But Carter and I felt like there was not one person that we spoke to that had some weird energy or some weird attitude or seemed not nice or seemed unfriendly or seemed, you know, it was like the most- Accepting. It it was just beautiful. And you know, there's all these people from all different backgrounds, all ages, little kids. And it was just, it's like, why can't the world be like this? I mean, seriously, we had a long conversation going home. It's like, it was like a little snapshot into, um, you know, what what the world could be, right, right, and peaceful and accepting. And you know, we had conversations or people who were Christian people and non-Christian people, and um, a lot of. Chant. We did some learn some Sanskrit chant,
0: okay.
1: which is Hindu right. kind of stuff, right, which right. is where yoga practice, you know, a lot of it comes from. And and it's all. It was just beautiful, and it was all inclusive. And I, I don't know. I, I I I came away thinking, you know, twenty five years ago, you know, going to a camp like that would have been, you know. Going to seek the devil or something? Well,
0: because I was taught and that the minute you open yourself up to I know. Uh, to, to spiritual, uh, um, I don't know, wonkiness, <laughs> you're you're opening yourself up to yeah, I know. demons. I know, and know? and
1: I, it, honestly, Liz, if there's any anger that I have, it's it's that it's that I was taught that, yeah, and I I bought it and I yeah. believed it, yeah. because. I have found so much freedom and so much grace and beauty in in opening up and stepping outside of that weird little box and looking at other faith traditions and learning about other faith traditions and the beauty that is there in all kinds of different faith traditions and i I, yeah i mean i it makes me pissed off that i was I guess I only have myself to be angry at because I bought it. I didn't research it back then. I just was, I bought, you know, I believed it. Oh yeah, well, boy, if I go do yoga, I'm, you know, playing with the dark side. And it's like, God, that could be the furthest thing from the truth. Well, it's because that's what the village taught you, and the village
0: did a very good job of keeping you, keeping, yeah, keeping you in,
1: keeping me trapped in the dark, keeping
0: (laughs) me trapped and in the dark. You know, there was there's a sign uh, when you leave, uh, and I don't know if it's even still there. But uh, when I attended this, you know, big mega church. In North I know. to say. Um, and there's a sign that says you are now entering the mission field Yeah. when you leave. When you leave, as you leave, and as you go out, in, and there, and there's one on either driveway. So mm-hmm. both of the I know, big major driveways. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a big sign that says you are now entering the mission field, and at, at some point I just thought, why why don't we turn those around? Why don't we put them <laughs> over every <laughs> single yeah. door as you're walking into the church? Right. You are now entering the mission field. What if when you walked into the grocery store? Right. You said this is this is my mission field. Right, you know. How it's just everywhere we go. Yeah, going into going into yoga, coming into here for music lessons. I I am now and and if the church that honestly sees that everything out there needs what we have in here. That's where the danger lies, mm-hmm. because what we have in here is a lot of judgment and condemnation, and oh, I'm
1: right and you're wrong. We are the special chosen ones, Liz. Well, I know, but
0: <sighs> because, because honestly, how can you how can you give 10% of your of your income to something that you don't think is 100% true right? right so of course that's because there's money involved and there's relationships involved and there's so many things that tie us to this village yeah. it's and those are not all bad no, things no. but if we looked at one another instead of as uh, you know, the people that we're going to condemn or judge or or sit in the pew next to or whatever, but instead looked at them as somebody who was authentic and and broken just like us mm-hmm. and said, hey, you're, you're the mission field and as beautiful as you are and even though you're wearing that gunny sack dress with lace all the way up to your neck, yeah. <laughs> I am going to guess that there are secrets. Yeah. And I'm going to love you. And I would love to give you um, a, a safe place right. to tell those secrets. Right. And and that's what I think of as the mission field. Yeah. Is not going out there and saying, you need Jesus. Right. But going out and saying, hey, if you're hurting, um, I want to be your safe place. Yeah. yeah. I want to be your
1: soft spot. Yeah. Well, that's how, that's, that really is. I mean, I think, I think that's probably... The real message that they mean, but it doesn't get translated like that. It gets translated with this other agenda, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like my mission, you know, is to love the people that I come in contact with. That's
0: right. Period.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and it's going and to, to be... To serve them, to feed them. It'll be, to, yeah. I mean, you know. It'll be different today than it is tomorrow. Right. There's no... I mean, who knows what'll happen tomorrow? It... You know, but my job is to be a light and... To whoever. Well, just like you talked about a couple of weeks ago, just helping somebody,
0: some woman push her car, you know, up uh, out of the intersection. Right. That's, that was your job at that moment. Yeah. Right then in there yeah. was to help that woman push her car. Right. And my job, you know, before I came here was to hold a door open for somebody as I left Walmart. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, just these little, just yeah. these little encounters yeah. just along the way. That's, that's the mission field. Exactly. It doesn't, you don't have to have this. Ad- agenda. Yeah. You know, uh, to sell somebody, yeah, a, a, it's, you know, it's a multi-level so much, marketing thing. That's what Jesus feels like so much of the time. Yeah. It's like that's your agenda. Or, and I'm going to sell I'm going to sell Jesus the same way I sell Mary Kay or the same way right. I sell, you know, Amway or whatever. Right. And you know, and again, Jesus isn't bad. Amway is not bad. But when that's all you're thinking about and you forget Hey, this is a human being right. who who might need a can
1: of beans right. or might need a hug. Right? Have you ever heard of the term uh, spiritual bypassing? It's a we we need to. That's going to be a topic of of one of our okay. up, upcoming yeah. um, podcasts podcast because I think it's an important thing. But it's just it's kind of like what you're saying, you know, Christians, and it it happens in other religious practices too, but when you get into a a religion deep and you you know you have the answer and you know you have the right way then it's really easy sometimes when someone's going through something to give people pat answers instead of and give them some sort of spiritual recipe for fixing the problem instead of addressing the human and the problem So there's this spiritual bypassing thing that happens, and it leaves the person, well, it it can leave them feeling a a lot of things. Unworthy
0: and depleted and tired, but the person who gave the advice feels awesome. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, so, you know, and that's come up for me a couple times in my life lately. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be an interesting topic because it does happen, and it's not just in Christianity. So it happens in any kind of religion that, you know, the person becomes, like, really into it. Totally sold. Yeah. And 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 their way is the right way. And you need to do this, and your problem is really not a problem because all you need to do is do this.
0: You know, I think when we think about
1: cults, we think about... The,
0: we think about the really dangerous cults we you know fill in the blank there's mm-hmm. you know and and I think um, what is it nexium is that the, yeah. the cult that has had kind of some some public attention mm-hmm. because it's guy is in jail and yeah all yeah, that. yeah or you think of the FLDS the fundamental Mormons who have multiple wives mm-hmm. and the little girls are 13 14 and they're marrying men and right so when people think of cults they think of these kinds of you know women putting marks on their bodies or young girls being sold and that kind of thing Um, but I think all of us have the potential to be a cult member whether it's the cult of beauty Mm -hmm. the cult of perfectionism Mm -hmm. um, the cult of you know ultra parenting or (laughs) uh, you know all of us have that potential yeah and so I think it's
1: really important to understand um, we should, we should find some interesting people to interview that have been a part of some other faith traditions. I think that that would be an interesting thing we could do on our podcast Well, <laughs> you and I both know several people yes, we do. Who, have, I know. who have
0: come out of these, these faith traditions that they would call a cult. Yeah. And I would call the church that I belonged to for a long time a cult. The religion itself, I wouldn't necessarily call a cult because I think it was... Um it still is a very yeah. you know, positive I, environment. I, I, but sometimes the, the the church, the individual church with the four walls, can be kind of a cult and um mm-hmm. and, and and we just there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that there's a lot of cues yeah that I think
1: we miss when we've found our village. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Liz, this has been an interesting uh conversation today. We've kind of bounced around we, a little we, we've, bit. We've bounced around a little bit today. We I know we came in here today a little bit unsure about what we were going to talk about, but I think we've touched on some interesting things. So um, I'll you know, just say, if you have an opportunity to get away for a, for even 24 hours where you can unplug completely, do it, do it. It'll, yeah. it'll be good for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and f- yeah, find those practices. Those yoga mm-hmm. practices are incredible. There's There's some incredible just... Peace practices. Yeah. I Meaning, just find go, them. Go camping. Camping, where you're not in cell phone walk range. Walk in the ocean. I think I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. in a couple of days. I'm gonna just head uh, mm-hmm. down south and go to the coast and just
1: walk on the and beach. just walk on the beach. That sounds good to me. Yeah. So, well, if you're enjoying our podcast, um, please let us know. Let us know uh, uh, uh,
0: at da- we dance with skeletons at gmail.com mm-hmm. is our email, and you can send us a email directly. You can go to our our, our page, which is at dancingwithskeletons.net. dot mm-hmm. uh, So you can contact us. You can rate and like this podcast mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, yep. so that other people can find us. And we just we just want to be here for you. Yeah. So. Come find us. Come find us. Have a great yeah yeah. Have a great day. All right. Bye.